Welcome to Queer Conversation, brought to you by Lottl Production. My name is Silke Bader. I'm in the studio here today with Renee Dahlia. Renee is a Sydney-based bisexual cisgender woman who writes romance novels in both contemporary and historical settings across a range of romantic pairings. Her latest series of books is set at Seraph's Burlesque Club in London and are all lesbian romances. The first book, Show Up, was released on 9th December, while Show Off came out on the 14th of February. And the final book in the series, Show Queen, will be released on April 12th. This series of books explores the idea of a post-COVID world, which is largely a fantasy in hindsight, and looks at how the hospitality industry had to hustle to keep the doors open during the various lockdowns. René Dahlia is an unabashed romance reader who loves feisty women and strong, clever men. Her books reflect this with a side note of awkward humor. René has a science degree in physics, and when not distracted by the characters fighting for attention in her brain, she works in the horse racing industry, doing data analysis and writing magazine articles. And when she isn't reading or writing, Renee spends her time with her four children, usually watching them play cricket. Welcome, Renee. So you're joining us today. You are a, an author yep. of lesbian romance novels. Um, yes, yeah, so I write, well, not just lesbian, but I write romance novels across all the different pairings. So I have a few uh, mostly bisexual MF, so male-female novels. So romance has like a whole bunch of genre coding that you kind of get in the mode of when you're talking to romance readers so I'll probably throw stuff in like that and you'll be like what? <laughs> um, so I also write uh, lesbian romance which is also called lesfic or FF or mm. sapphic romance depending on who you're talking to and um, whatever and I think a lot of my characters are bisexual so sapphic fits better than lesbian a lot of the time because it's more encompassing but FF as well but then you know, some people say, oh, FF sort of is a bit dismissive to trans people. And it's like, well, yes, that is true too. <laughs> so Great. sapphic is good because it covers everything, I guess. Yeah. Um, and I'm writing a few um, MM books as well, just because I find the whole spectrum of queerdom yeah. really fascinating, I guess. You're not a new author. You have a background in physics yeah. to start off with, and you are working in the race industry. So we just go back a little bit oh. to learn about you. So first of all, you are from Sydney. Um, so I grew up in New Zealand and then I moved to Sydney with my ex um, and now obviously live here with our children. Um, but I really like it here. Like I find there's, there's a really great community here. I'm not just in the author community, but in the queer community. And yeah, ha having grown up in a small town where that's a bit lacking, I've really enjoyed mm. that side of Sydney. You've been writing all your life then? Um, I've been storytelling all my life. <laughs> um, I actually did physics because I didn't have to write anything. Like, <laughs> it sort of sounds backwards, but um, I really, I came out of quite a difficult childhood, I guess, in some ways. And I found that doing maths and physics was very precise and it gave you an answer to a puzzle and I, I enjoyed that um, certainty 
of it, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. And I did a whole degree without having to write any essays, which, you know, <laughs> I was kind of happy about. Yeah. Um, but then later on, I sort of fell into writing in a long roundabout way, fell into writing for a couple of magazines and doing sort of taking data and answering questions and then writing it in a, like a layman's terms to so to say basically horse people here's some horse data but this is what it means and this is the risk profiles or you know this is a, a myth that exists now we've looked at the data it either is true or not and why does that myth exist or persist that skill really helps in <laughs> developing a, a storyline and mm. with your research of mm. course one of your first series was on world war one yeah tell us a little bit about it um yeah so my first um sapphic series is basically set in 1919 it's just after world war one so the first book is her lady's melody they've all got almost the same title so if i hesitate it's because hang on which one <laughs> Mm. Uh, and I have a whole spreadsheet so I can keep track of all the names. There's like 27 books to keep track of. Um, so Her Lady's Melody is basically a World War I doctor, uh, Luciana. So she went to World War I, worked as a doctor. She's basically the end of the war. She's got shell shock uh, or PTSD really, but that's what they called it then. And so she goes to Amsterdam and lives with her grandmother just to kind of breathe and relax and figure out what she's going to do next and she's like well I'm trained as a doctor but I actually can't face being a doctor anymore because I've spent years patching up all these mm. wounded dying people um, and then the neighbor moves in who um, is this Russian revolutionist guy. so she moves in next door they kind of have a over the fence almost friendship and then um, the woman from the Russian Revolution, her son falls out of a tree and breaks his arm. And that's the start of the book. And so, of course, she's heard that there's a doctor living on the street. She comes next door and says, I need help from the doctor. And then the doctor has to come over and face her fears. Mm. And then they become friends. And then there's a bit of a mystery. And then they end up in England. And the inspiration come for a historical novel as such? Um, so this series... So I guess all my series um, come from like a fairly big idea. So this series came from, I was reading a bunch of nonfiction about women in World War One mm. and all the different roles they'd done. So this series, it's basically, it's got a doctor, it's got a veterinarian, and it's got a philanthropist, is the third, second book. Mm. Um, and yeah, just that idea of that, period of change for women it's so you've sort of come out of the first lot of suffragettes then you've had world war one where women have gone and done real jobs and there's that impact of that mm -hmm. and i was kind of thinking about that as a big idea yeah and then dis like distilling it down into individual characters after world war one it's it's a fascinating time there was a lot of uh, um liberation there for, mm. for the LGBT community in Europe, France in particular, so... Well, and Germany, look, and they Germany, did all yeah. of that research in yeah. Germany that then got burned by Hitler. That's right, yeah. Which, you know, and in the Russian Revolution, like, the maddest things happened, so they basically, um, when they got rid of the Tsar, the people who came in, 
decided that they would get rid of every law in the land. So <laughs> no, nothing yeah. was illegal for like a few months wow. while they rewrote all the laws, which yeah. meant that suddenly being queer was legal, mm, technically. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> wow. That would be fascinating to do this research. You love doing research as part of your job as a writer. Yeah, and I just, I find, um, I don't know, there's like just so many, I really like looking between the lines of history. Like, if you think about who writes history, and it's often, you know, straight white men, and then who they kind of hint at but don't talk about, it's, it's those gaps that I like to kind of explore and find. Mm. And the information's there, it's just harder. Yeah. No, fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> now, tell me about your t-shirt, Winnie. <laughs> <laughs> like so Romancelandia is kind of a collective word that romance authors call themselves, and it's, it's mostly in jest. Um, mm. You know, it's the land of romance that we live in, and, yeah. and, and readers, romance readers are all, and reviewers, it's all kind of that encompassing whole of people who are really into romance genre yeah. novels. Um, <laughs> and then, I don't know, a few years ago on Twitter, there was some random person who came on and did this big white American Christian spiel about how all romance writers were harpies and trollops. <laughs> <laughs> and so, of course, someone in the community made these t-shirts. Fantastic. <laughs> which is just hilarious. Fantastic. You know, I really like it. So, let's talk about your latest series. Sure. So, um, what's the name of the late, the, the, the first book that was released in December? Right. So, the first book is Show Up, which is this one there. Um, and so the idea behind it is I was thinking about, obviously I wrote it in the pandemic and I was thinking um, about the impact of the pandemic on hospitality. So my brother-in-law uh, owns a pie shop and just to watch their journey and how they had to kind of change their business model and cope with all the different rules and lockdowns and whatever was really kind of interesting. And that kind of started a thought of, you know, the impact of that on businesses and then what would happen if you owned a nightclub um, and for reasons I invented a burlesque lounge <laughs> in London and so then the first book is one of the dancers who's also a nurse so there's obviously the impact it's sort of loosely written at the time of vaccination so the, there's this sort of fantasy that the pandemic's over I guess um, so the whole pandemic is kind of the backstory for the characters and the, and you start to look at the impact of that rather mm. than living through it. Um, yeah, so Yolanda is a dancer and a nurse and Reiko is one of the bartenders. And she's doing a PhD and kind of has this backstory that's a bit of a secret. And mm. it's, it's a best friends, kind of friends to lovers. And that's that's Story. the first book. Yeah, so that's the first book. And so the characters move there on to the obviously you you have the same characters or you introduce new characters for the second and the third book. Yeah, so kind of the way that r romance series work is that you have a collection of siblings or friends or business colleagues or whatever, and each of those people gets their own story, mm -hmm. their own love story. So each book is a different couple, but they're all connected. Mm -hmm. In this case, by the Burlesque Club. So the second book is called Show Off mm -hmm. and it's the main MC 
at the club who organises all the events um, and an interior designer who comes in to help like remodel the place. They get like a COVID grant to kind of get them started again. So she comes in and does that. And it turns out that they, before the pandemic, had been hooking up after shows every now and then. <laughs> so it's kind of like a, yeah, a hook up to, yeah, I guess friends to lovers, but mm -hmm. yeah. I don't know that they're fully friends, that kind of comes with the book and the journey. So the third book in the series is called Show Queen and it's the club owner and it's the landlord or landlady who owns the building. And in the whole pandemic before the book starts, they've been online friends, they hang out in the same chat group talking about houseplants. Because, mm -hmm. you know, whatever, people talk about all sorts of interesting <laughs> things online. Um, so they're like online friends but real life enemies, which adds a lot of interpersonal <laughs> tension in their book, yeah. You, you print your books in a hard copy as well as they are available on digital format to download on Apple and Amazon. Yeah. Why did you choose to go with hard copy? Um, I think it just increases your market size. So obviously most of my sales are through digital and audio. Um, this, the Burlesque Club series is the audio is done by Saga, who's a Danish company, I think. I mean, I think it was a big adjustment because I'm used to taking the kids to school in the morning and then having all of that time when they're at school to think and concentrate with, you know, just quiet music in the background. Mm. Um, and then to manage them all doing online school at home <laughs> in the same space, <laughs> it was a bit kind of... So um, how many books have you written? You mentioned before Twenty-seven um, or something? Yeah, so I think I have twenty-seven published. Um, I've got maybe four or five in the wings. Yeah. So, Renee, what would you say to young writers who want to give this a go, <laughs> or you know, are scared of publishing? What are and I know a lot of. Um, people don't know which way to go with publishing, self-publishing, going through a publisher is always the question about your rights. And how do you go through this maze of information? <laughs> maze and is a good word. <laughs> um, look, I think there's a lot of pros and cons to both. Like I'm what they call hybrid published. So I've got some books with traditional publishers through mostly Harlequin Australia and I've got some that are indie published and then I've got like the Burlesque series which I indie published the the paper and the digital and I out I you know sold the audio rights to another company um, or to a traditional publisher I guess um, I guess that the first thing I'd say is that it's a marathon right you 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 have to realise that it's going to be a long process. Even if you sell a book to a publisher, it's a, like it's a long process to get there. And then it's a long process once you get there and you quite often don't get paid for a very long time. Mm. Um, and and it, probably a lot of your advice is going to be dependent on what type of books you write. Like if you write literary fiction or horror or thrillers or romance like you really need to understand your market so you need to read a lot in the types of books that you want to write so that you understand what readers are looking for if that makes sense mm -hmm. like it's a business really like any other 
and you end up doing a lot of your own marketing through social media because publishers won't do that for you. I just think you have to be prepared to, to you first you have to decide who are you running for. Are you running for you mm. or are you running to market? And if you want to make money, you need to understand what people want to buy. And it's not to say, well, therefore, this is the most popular book. That's what I should write. There's a reader for everything. There is a really big community on LGBTQI plus writers worldwide mm. and also within Australia mm. that's very supportive of each other. Mm. And are you part of that? Are you yeah. that, that helps with yeah. the process, especially when you're a young writer? Is yeah, so I guess that would be my second advice to a young writer is find your community. Right, so obviously Romance Writers Australia is, has been massive help to me because they understand the, the genre of, the, of romance fiction really well and they have an annual conference that's just chock full of information and all the big publishers come to it. Um, and there's quite a good queer community within that, like yeah. as a subgroup, I guess. Yep. Um, and then you've got like conferences like GenreCon in Brisbane that does thrillers and mysteries and sci-fi and romance, kind of all that genre fiction. Mm. Um, and they, that's run through, I think, the Queensland Writers' Centre. But there's all different writers' centres and yeah. you just find your community yeah. is the important thing. Exactly. Because, look, you can write anything and people will love it. Like I wrote, um, for Halloween, I wrote uh, just a short story that was basically... Um, the devil but a woman and a random old lady who died <laughs> and it's based on a myth that I came across in Wales that I put into her lady's honour and so I just wrote this as a sort of paranormal short story to go with it. There's a big trend in the moment in paranormal romance for what they call monster fucking books <laughs> mm -hmm. and the, the theory behind why it's popular in romance readers is that it explores disability. I don't know how true that is, but it's certainly a big thing. So you've got things like um, uh, Marie's book that's called uh, Never Getting Ogre You, which is like a human and an ogre. Um, she's got a Santa one as well, which is fabulous. Wow. <laughs> there's yeah. just, and there's some really wild stuff out there. There's gargoyles and like, and it, it's just one of those really niche little trends and there's quite a lot of queer writers writing in that sort yep. of little trend at the moment. Yeah, wow. Little, little trend, it's growing big trend. Mm. So that's why I wrote this paranormal Halloween kind of devil mm. story <laughs> to kind of yep. see if I could hit that market. And look, people have found it really enjoyable. Mm. So. Well, thanks so much for coming in, Renee. It was a pleasure <laughs> nice. talking to you. Thanks for having me.